from KQED. Early Friday morning before school, there is this line of homecoming princesses posing for the camera. Behind them, sprinklers spray across a golf course, while the sun competes with rain clouds that make for pretty good pictures. Okay, you're ready? Oh my gosh, this background's fabulous. Ready? One, two, three. Today's homecoming for Antioch High School, and the day happens exactly like you might think it would. Welcome to the homecoming rally! There is the rally in the gym. Some kids are into it. Some kids look like they're just happy to be out of class. Then school gets let out early. And at night, of course, there is football. And football has always been a really big deal here in Antioch. But lately, the team has been really good, and they've been getting some national attention, too. In fact, tonight at halftime, there is a special guest, Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of University of Michigan football and the former San Francisco 49ers coach. Hello, I'm very proud to announce the 2016 homecoming queen. The winner is Harbaugh has made a few trips to Antioch, and it is always a big deal when he shows up. But he's not here to hang out just to hang out. He's here on business to recruit. There has been a resurgence of high school football here at Antioch High, and a lot of it's because of one 18-year-old, Najee Harris, who's the number one high school football recruit in the country. Literally, I walk into the store and I'm just the Antioch High School cheerleader. I walk into the store and if I have any like black, white, and gold colors on, they're like, what's the football game? And, and, and that, that makes me happy. I, I feel like I'm the celebrity. But for some people in Antioch, all this attention to high school football has been this small window into the past, like a time warp to the glory days. We've seen a lot of people that have come to these games the last couple of years that I haven't seen at Antioch games for 20 years. A lot has happened in the last 20 years. Antioch has been one of the fastest growing cities in the Bay Area. There are more houses and new faces. And we heard in the last story that all these changes can create a lot of tension. And some of this tension still exists. A lot of people have moved out of Antioch and moved to Brentwood and moved to Oakley. And, and we've got a lot of people from, you know, um, Pittsburgh and Richmond and, and Oakland that have moved into Antioch. So. Yeah, it's a different feel. It's a different vibe now than it was 20 years ago when I was here. It's changed a lot, and not for the better. That's why these Friday nights where everybody comes together to cheer for the Antioch Panthers is special. Everyone has something in common, even if just for a moment. It may sound small town, but it's kind of a big deal. The town's identity for so long had hung on its sameness, middle-class values and white faces. Now that sameness has splintered, the town is blacker and browner, and a lot of residents are no longer from here. Yet people on all sides would still like to feel connected to Antioch, to belong in Antioch. And it turns out football is a good start. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You're listening to American Suburb, stories about the flip side of gentrification. Chapter two, Friday Night Lights. This is home to me. Being out here, just like, wow, it's a lot of black people. It's like being in Oakland. You can't always blame things on people from outside. Oh, I know what the word they use. Ghetto. A rich ghetto. This, then, is not the end of the Antioch story. Just the beginning of a new chapter. <clears throat> well, my name is Najee Harris. Um, 
I can't pick a particular place where I'm from because I, I moved around so many places, so I just say I'm from the Bay Area. Najee is about 6'3", 230 pounds. He has thin dreadlocks that fall to below his shoulders. If you didn't know the face, you'd think he's just any other high school kid. He's wearing athletic shoes, athletic pants, and a sweatshirt with the big Gap logo across the front. But Najee is worth all of the hype that's made him the number one high school football recruit. He shattered the city's all-time rushing yards record. His jersey is already hanging inside Antioch Sports History Museum. What's fascinating is that for all he represents to the city, he's not really from here. I lived in Richmond, lived in Oakland, El Sobrante, Antioch. Um, I lived in too many places. Najee has also lived in San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco for a minute. Seattle. I used to live in Seattle, yeah. Can't forget Pinol. I lived in Pinole too. Did I say Pinole? And Hercules. It was fun. It was lit. Najee's also been pretty open about the times he's been homeless, living in shelters and in hotels. Needless to say, life hasn't been easy for his family. What was the longest you were in one place? Antioch. Four years. <laughs> four years. Now, it's not too unusual around here, this moving that Najee's done. A lot of people in Antioch have bounced around the Bay Area before ending up here. But this kind of transience actually makes it harder for a lot of people living in Antioch to feel like they actually belong, at least at first. Do you feel like Antioch is your home? Well, that would be kind of crazy to call it my home because I, I love everybody here, but it's just crazy to just call this one place home. I, I, I think I'd be messed up to say that. <laughs> Why, why do you think that? Because I, I like I just I've lived so many places and and grown on so much people in Richmond and like all the other places that I can't just say this. Oh, since I'm making noise here, this is my home. I can't do that. That's not right. So I'll just say I'm from the Bay. Najee lives with his brother, sister, and mom, who moved the family to the roughest part of the city because it was cheap. It's this area known as the Sycamore Street Corridor. A neighborhood like Sycamore gets a lot of attention in Antioch. It's the type of neighborhood people are talking about when they say that Antioch has become more urban. And a lot of people say that. First day. First day I moved here. I walk, I'm uploading my stuff and moving the house on Banyan. And you just look down the street. I see 30 people outside fighting, big-ass gang fight. Next week, a couple weeks later, I'm walking outside, check the mail. I see the whole damn SWAT team across the house with little assault rifles. I'm like, blood, what is happening? The Sycamore neighborhood is just this really short walk away from Antioch High, and it's been hard on the school, which sometimes gets associated with that rougher part of the city. The school itself has these gates on the outside that prevent people from going in and out freely. It's one of the newer features on an older school. But it's also a reminder of how the city has changed, that Antioch isn't the small, quiet town it used to be, and that it'll probably never be the same again. The question for a lot of people in this suburb right now is whether the people of Antioch can get past these differences and pull together around one city. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, we're going to meet the man who is trying to convince the rest of Antioch that the best days are actually still ahead. Support comes from the San Francisco Foundation, a proud sponsor of American Suburb. The San Francisco Foundation works with its donors and community partners on a bold equity agenda for greater racial and economic inclusion for everyone in the Bay Area. History tells us that when community leaders, nonprofits, donors, residents, and business partners work together, all Bay Area residents benefit. Learn more at sff.org. I want you to meet a man named Louis Rocha. 
These are all yearbooks from every year from 2016 all the way back to 1948. Like Najee Harris, Principal Rocha also played football for Antioch High. He didn't break any records, but he was part of a team that's remembered around here. In fact, the last time the school went undefeated before Najee's team was when Rocha played in the late 70s. I'll show you my senior pictures right here. That's me there. You can imagine Rocha playing. He's got these broad shoulders, athletic build, and you can still find him standing on the sideline during games. On the back of his chair in his office, there's even a jacket with his name stitched on the back. This is my Letterman jacket. Has the uh, league championships back in 78, 79. Has, How um, old is this jacket? So this jacket actually, has- Actually, I took the, my other jacket was falling apart. So I got a jacket and I put every, I took everything off my old jacket and put it onto this one. Inside Principal Rocha's office, it feels like a small sports history museum. He's collected all the signed stuff. There are photographs, a poster, a jersey, but there are two pictures that stand out to me. And they explain so much about how Antioch has changed and why Rocha's had a tough job making the case that the change is actually for the better. One picture is the team that Rocha played for in the late 70s. And the other picture is Nashi's team. The picture that you see up above there, that was the 78 football team that was undefeated. This is the team last year that went undefeated. So literally those two are the two top teams. Well, what's interesting about these photos is you can see the diversity. You can see the the shift. Absolutely. I mean, almost all these players are Mm -hmm. black players, and all these players are almost all white players. Mm -hmm. The white players. That was old Antioch. A city built blue-collar with paper mills, factories, a bunch of industry. And there was always football. Football was there when Grant's department store closed in the 1970s. It was there when the last paper mill closed in 2005. Football was there as the city morphed from a small city into a larger bedroom community. And it happened so fast that a lot of people never got to say goodbye. But there's one place that still holds a lot of their memories. The school. You see all the plates? That's my gra- that's our graduating plate there. 1979. Then look how far it goes after ours. <laughs> that lets us know how old we are. As you go down the row, you'll see. And these are not just plaques. They are the They're time capsules. They're actually time capsules. They go down about three feet. And there's items stored down inside. What, what would you put in? It's kind of embarrassing to say. Okay, so in my senior year, I had a black book that had phone numbers of my friends and, of course, lady Girls. friends. And... Um, I had some notations in there like stars and things of that nature of people that I maybe really had a crush on or had dated or not dated, I don't know. And so I threw that in there. So I'm hoping that it dissolved by the time they (laughs) open it up. (laughs) These time capsules go all the way back to 1932. Some graduating classes choose to open them up after about 50 years. That's the idea. But Rocha says that a lot of the stuff inside is already dissolved. The history's gone class of 1956 chose to pass on trying to open their time capsule. But there were a number of alums who went to an Antioch High football game for their 60th reunion last year. Randy Atenico and his wife Gail were there. We reserved the first four rows because some of the people in our class couldn't walk (laughs) any further than that. We didn't want to. (laughs) They couldn't walk any higher than than four rows. 
Randy and Gail met in seventh grade. Eventually, Gail invited Randy to a dance. Then they were boyfriend-girlfriend. Randy would eventually become Antioch's starting quarterback. Gail was a cheerleader. It was that kind of story. It was exciting because it was my boyfriend that was out there being the quarterback. But um, we were a small community, and we just... It was, it was Friday night. That's what you did. In the 1950s, Antioch was a small community. It was a city of just about 10,000 people. And most of them were white. But Randy isn't. He's Filipino, which made him part of the sliver of Antioch that was considered other on the U.S. Census. That also means that he shares something else with Najee Harris and Principal Rocha besides just football. All three are also men of color. But Randy says in the 1950s in Antioch, that race didn't come up much. To us, it was about being American. That's what it was about. A lot has changed since the 1950s. The population of Antioch has exploded to over 100,000. That's more than 10 times what it was when Randy and Gail were kids. And instead of a mainly white city, there are many races and many cultures that have made Antioch a really mixed community. But sometimes those cultures have clashed like we've seen. And sometimes it's kind of hard to understand why. And now I, I see all the things that happen, you know, and it just hurts me, you know, to see uh, that we've, <clears throat> I'm getting kind of choked up, that um, we, uh, it just seems like we're, we're, we're trying to divide ourselves rather than to unify ourselves. But under the Friday night lights, people are unified. They're all rooting for the same Antioch. Nobody's having to give anything up. The playing field seems equal. You're still a Panther. And that's, that's just still kind of... You still feel true to it. You still feel <laughs> true to it. You know, there's that, there's that connection that you, you never lose. Off the field and away from those lights, the picture gets more complicated. When you walk through some of the best years of Antioch football, you'll find that those years weren't that great for everyone. A few years ago, an old friend was visiting Antioch, and he stopped in to say hi to Principal Rocha. He was an old teammate from the 1970s, and this friend was black. And he was going to school at a time when Antioch's black population was around 1%. So Rocha and his friend are together at a homecoming game catching up. We're standing on the sideline watching the game, and I'm like, wow, this brings back memories, you know. And he goes, brings back nightmares for me. And I went, really? I said, what do you mean? And he goes, um, when I was playing ball, you probably don't know this, he says, but... Uh, during one of the scrimmages, I, I scored a touchdown. And because it was popular in the days, he scored a touchdown. He did a little dance, you know, and spiked the ball. And the coach came over and grabbed him by the helmet and said, you know, listen here, you nigger, you're never going to carry the ball again for me. And Rocha says his friend never did. If you fast forward to more recent years, Antioch High has been through some rough patches. In the three years following the recession, the number of low-income students at Antioch High doubled from about 35 to 70 percent. Also, there were more Latino and black students than ever before. Principal Rocha says people would come up to him and talk about the kids these days. It was kind of this coded language that really bothered him. Being the leader of a school that had changed so much, one of the things that probably was uh, most disturbing for me living in the community was the perception by many that the best days of Antioch High School were in the past. Principal Rocha is an advocate for students. You can see that in the way he defends the school. 
but the school also relies on its older, mostly white alumni for scholarships for school improvements and other partnerships that also help students. In a way, Rocha is this bridge between the old Antioch and the future one. And sometimes that means making compromises to keep everyone happy, even when it means sometimes disappointing his students. So we just we just thought of the Yak Boys. So that's our name. So you know it's Antioch. We, we're the Yak Boys. Some of the schools in the area have these songs for their football teams. Naji calls them anthems. And he's showing me Antioch's anthem on SoundCloud from his phone. These anthems aren't the official school song or anything like that, but it's still a part of what makes Naji feel like a panther. He also tells me he'd like to play music that he and his friends like before the games as part of the warm-ups. Except when he asked Principal Rocha, can we play music? Rocha wouldn't let him do it. I, 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 just, I just told him, like, can we play music at our game, please? I'm like, it's our senior year. And like, he just said, like, you know, I, I would have no problem with that. Just the old-timers, they wouldn't. It's like, yeah. it's not their era no more. <laughs> they got it. Like, they're on, not to be rude, they're on their way to death. They have their time. Let us have our time. Principal Rocha does seem to be doing a good job balancing both sides. He tells me freshman enrollment at the school is up. And the students at Antioch High who I talk to, they seem happy about their school. There are more student clubs now than ever before. Clubs for LGBT students, for black students, Latinos, or those who like anime. And the city seems to approve of the school too. A few years ago, alumni helped rally around Antioch High to get a $55 million bond measure passed. The first project completed was the football field. And the year the field officially opened was the year Najee hit his stride. So now it's junior year, first game. New field, lights is glowing in the dark, because we play at night, so everything looks nice. And then you look in the crowd, you just hear everybody going, Number two, Najee Harris, and my ah! I was like, what the hell? I was like, I never had that before. And then we start going, we start winning. Now I'm looking at the stands, it's like sold out. Away games, there's a hell of people there. Najee would go on to shatter school rushing records that year. And he knew he was making a difference in what people thought about the school. It's just crazy to hear like um, kids when I started here freshman, sophomore year, they'd be like, I ain't going to Antioch, the weak ass. I'm going to somewhere else. You can't go nowhere in Antioch. You can't get out of Antioch. And now you just hear these little kids, because I'm, I'm always cool with little kids. I always let them hang out with me. So uh, you just hear them say, I'm going to go to Antioch. You can get out of here, Antioch. They just change now because of the noise we're making, I guess. It's not only the new kids coming up or the old timers coming back. Najee seems to be reaching everyone in some way. And he'll tell you his favorite thing about Antioch is the people. And that includes those he's gotten to know on his block back in the Sycamore neighborhood. The hood people, like the gang, like the people drug dealing stuff, they always come to me and say, man, I'm hearing a lot of stuff about you. They always tell me to do the opposite of what they're doing. Like they use them as an example, like, don't be like me, man. Look, they show me like people getting shot, like are they wounds and stuff like that. You don't want to be here, man. Get out of here and make a name for us. Najee graduated and left Antioch to play football at the University of Alabama. Some people think without him, the large crowds at the Friday night games will die down. But for Principal Rocha, it may not even matter whether people show up to the football games. For the 
10 years he's led Antioch High, he's been trying to balance a really tricky transition into the new American suburb. Some of his friends and the older, mostly white residents, they're not ready to say goodbye to the town they once knew. And when they come together to cheer on the football team, maybe they feel they don't have to. But Rocha also wants to convince the newcomers to Antioch, kids like Naji, who've arrived from other places out of need, others by choice, that Antioch is also their place. If Principal Rocha can do this, then maybe, just maybe, he can convince the rest of Antioch that its best days are still ahead. Next time on American Suburb. Look up to him. You have the early settlers, you know, African-Americans that came to Antioch in the early 90s, early 2000s, and they've been out here. Very few. When you saw them, you waved. Have you all at, uh, <laughs> you see a lot of new faces. We had church in Starbucks restaurants, and we had a church in uh, the Antioch Library. Everybody that came out here, you know, they, they get in the picture. They have the American dream and the shit. I mean, it's part of my language. <laughs> a new wave of African Americans come, and a lot of them are low income, and a lot of them came out here because they were displaced. I'm Sandhya Dirks. And I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to American Suburb. Thanks to the San Francisco Foundation for supporting this project. American Suburb was edited by Julia McAvoy. Executive producers are Holly Kernan and Ethan Lindsay. And if you like American Suburb, subscribe to us. And rate us. Wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.